If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. Is there a way that you can do this on your own? Create your own password manager. And for someone who's not as tech savvy as you, is there a simple way that someone can do this? You just create your own password manager at your home is, or is that going to create more problems than it solves? So you're not relying on a third party. Uh, you, you can go down to your local stationery store, buy a notepad and uh, start writing in your passwords. Welcome to myprivacy.help with Faris and Gordon. Everything you do online becomes information stored on someone else's computer. We help you reclaim control of your data, your privacy, your life. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year 2023. Welcome to this year's first episode of My Privacy Help podcast. And this is a CTA, um, PSA, sorry, CTA comes later, <laughs> PSA, public service announcement. Uh, something is not well in the world of LastPass password manager. So I am Ferris. I've got with me my co-host, Gordon. Gordon, how are you doing? We're all screwed, Ferris. We're all doomed. 2023 sucks. That's been a theme for the last two years, man. Can we just try and be optimistic? Yeah, we can actually. So <laughs> today we're going to talk about LastPass and it's not all doom and gloom. And for those of you listening who like LastPass, I don't use LastPass. I use blah, blah, blah. Well, this relates to you as well. And for those people who don't use a password manager or don't even know what one is, this relates to you as well. So guess what, Ferris? This relates, the LastPass hack relates to 100% of people. So unless you're 100% of people, you should be interested. All right. So what happened, Gordon? Why does this affect all of humanity? <laughs> um, LastPass and Ferris, I've been listening to podcasts. I've been I've been looking at blog posts. The more and more I read about this, the more and more I get annoyed. And uh, so I'll, I'll try to re- remain objective. Okay, there are let's start there, at the beginning. There, yeah, let's. First of all, for people not listening, just LastPass is essentially a password manager. When you log, what it does is it keeps all your passwords and it creates new passwords for new websites that you join. Very handy when you go to a computer, you log in with an extended password that you memorize, one password. That's the only password you need to memorize. And every time you go to a website, it automatically memorizes those um, websites for you. So you don't have to juggle passwords. Uh, you don't have to use the same password across different websites. LastPass does it all for you. And it worked very, very well until Gordon. It LastPass worked well until Gordon? I'm I'm kind of offended. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> um, and and but the, you you gave a really good explanation. But why is that important? Why is it important to use a unique, strong password that you can't remember that's automatically generated on every single website or service? So this is something that we've addressed in the past and Gordon really kind of eliminated me to it is that um, thing called brute force where computers can basically figure out your password. And there's a website you can go to, type in a password, and it will show you how many milliseconds it can take for a computer to basically just figure out your password. So you want, you know, at least 12 um, bits in a password and you need numbers, letters, but also uh, special characters. Um so, and you're not going to memorize those. 
So, so that's the thing. This is why it actually comes up with passwords that you cannot memorize. Yeah, well, because you can't memorize them, you can have as many as you want. You can have a 40-character password, you know, random uppercase, lowercase, numbers, special characters. And as far as I said, the only password that you need to know is the pa- is your master password, the one password to your password vault. Everything else, for example, I don't know what my social media or email passwords are because they're randomly generated and I don't need to remember them. Um, that's the beauty of it. But the reason why, Faris, and I'll, I guess the, the crux of it is that data breaches are occurring more frequently and there's nothing that we can do about it. Well, there is, but if a data breach happens, then customers and, and, and whatever information gets out there, usernames, passwords, if you've used monkey123, not only uh, as your banking password, but on another password, and, and that's what a lot of people say, well, I use the same password everywhere because most of the sites I don't really care about. Well, if you use monkey123 as your banking password, which is pretty bad, but you also use it for your hairdresser's or your cafe's reward points, and you're like, well, I don't care about them. What you're saying is your local barbershop has the same security as your bank because you've got the same password. So in the likely event, not that they get hacked, your bar- your barber or whatever, no one cares about that, is that the software that they're using simply gets sold to third parties um, and that gets out. So um, using the same password everywhere is terrible. What some people think, because they're so smart, they think, well, I'm going to use monkey123. That's my base password. But every separate site, I'm going to add a number to it or I'm going to add something unique to it so that, you know, my password is different on every site. But, you know, that's that's just nonsense because all a hacker has to do is get one of your passwords and they can sort of see what sort of pattern you're using and they can basically figure out what's being done. So... The only way around that is to use a truly unique, random, strong password for every single website. You are unique. Now, this is something that LastPass did, but the reason we're actually having this um, conversation today is, was LastPass hacked or what's actually happened that compromised LastPass? Okay. Now, I'm going to mention the Security Now podcast which is a podcast with Steve Gibson. It's actually the podcast that I learned about Bitcoin from. So um, it is an amazing podcast. If you're technical, um, you should definitely be listening to it. If you're a student or anyone involved in IT, you should be listening to it. Um, it's super involved. Like it's super geeky. You know, they go for two hours and they, they go into all kinds of stuff. But uh, Steve actually gives two podcasts. So that's four hours to 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 our podcast on LastPass, what happened? He does a really deep technical dive. So if you're technical, I definitely suggest heading across there and listening to it. Even if you're not technical, you might you might learn something, especially if you're a LastPass customer. So I don't want to um steal his thunder. You guys should actually listen to that. But um all I'll do is a very brief uh overview of what happened and and also look at LastPass's blog and basically say what that happened. Essentially, what happened in August last year, 2022, LastPass um, had a data breach, and they said that some of the customer's data had been leaked, but that did not contain username, passwords. It didn't contain billing information. So some of those are... Now, of course, they actually didn't give any details, so that was annoying. A couple of months later, they said, well, actually, it wasn't some of the customer's data that was released. It was actually the customer's 
billing information as well. So your credit card information, physical address, email address. Uh, and it was also the metadata. So um, the last time you logged in, your IP address, location, da 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 Okay, pretty bad. That was in about September. And then in about December, uh, security researchers and independent third parties discovered by reverse engineering, because LastPass wasn't giving any, any of this information out, which they weren't being transparent at all, discovered that, no, actually, it was the keys to the kingdom. It was everything. So everything about the customer, um, including their password vault. Now, we'll go into that in a moment, but the password vault is essentially just one file that is encrypted with your master password. Sorry. So with that, Gordon, um, so your the email address that you would use to log in the LastPass, that has been um, compromised. Yeah. But what about your master password? Because my understanding was LastPass did not store your master password. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. So, so that's in order, not been compromised. No, it hasn't. Um, but in order to... So the way it works, and again, this is why everyone from using LastPass, and if, especially if you're technical, should listen to Steve's uh, Gibson's podcast. And I'll link to that in the show notes. In order for you to, or anyone, to unlock your vault, and that's what it's called. When, when you log into LastPass, you get that screen, and it's got all your passwords. It's got your security notes. Um, some people have stored passports and driver's license and other kind of documents. You can store PDFs and stuff like that in there. That's called your password vault. What that is, is a giant file. Well, it's actually not that big, but it's a single file, one file, and no one can read it. So if you try and open that or a hacker or whatever that, uh, which the hacker's got, they can't read it. They can't uh, decrypt it. They can't open it without your master password. So in order for a hacker to decrypt, open, and, you know, see in plain text, your vault, they need three things. They need your email address, which unfortunately has been leaked. They need your master password, which unfortunately, which, sorry, fortunately hasn't been leaked. And they need something else, which I'm not going to, you know, technically, but I'm going to mention it is that every time that you encrypt something, so uh, we've actually covered this first on the on the Bitcoin Basics podcast. We're asked by a student about how Bitcoin encryption works. It's very similar. And basically you take a password and, for example, a file or whatever, and you do this sort of thing called encryption. Now, I won't go into it, but basically what that does, it encrypts something so that someone else can't open it. You know, it, it gives you a gobbledygook, you know, um, 50 characters or 52 characters of seemingly random things that's not random but that's what it is and um i'll i'll briefly mention the technicals because i think this is um how we know LastPass was negligent but basically LastPass not only did they basically lie about what was breached they actually didn't implement the way that you encrypt files properly they didn't do that properly okay so before you go into details there um so whoever it is, they managed to access your vault, which is where you store the websites you visit and the passwords. So they have that information, but it's kind of like stealing a vault. They just can't open it. The only way they can open it is with access to your email password, your email, 
that is associated with LastPass and your master password. So it's unless you give it to that person, it's unlikely they can open what they have. Is that correct? Maybe depends. Okay. Um, so you're right. It's so like they they have they've stolen a vault, but they can't open it. Basically, they might be able to open it. So okay. um, you, yeah, so that's a good analogy. So in the in the three pieces of information, you've got your email address, your master password. And something called iteration count, which is simply a number. And that number, so for example, they've, they've got a safe. They've got a safe. They've stolen the safe and they can't open it. Um, this this iteration number, um, nowadays, because CPUs are so fast, you don't just encrypt something once. So you don't just say, okay, I've got this really important file, uh, my password vault. I don't just run this encryption one time and give me a result and that's good enough. Computers nowadays are so fast or whatever that what they can do is reverse engineer, even if the, the the hacker doesn't know your password, what they can do is actually reverse engineer that encryption. Um, if you have a weak master password, you're in trouble. However, also, there is something, and that's the third thing that I said this iteration, you don't just encrypt something once. What LastPass did when they started in 2008 is they just encrypted something once. A couple of years later, they said, well, actually, that's not really secure. Why don't we just encrypt it, encrypt it, encrypt it, encrypt it again and again and again exponentially? That makes something more secure because you're encrypting the encryption and, you know, you keep on sort of going. And without going into the technicals, you can actually set in your LastPass settings the number of iterations. And LastPass initially started at one in 2008. Then they jumped up to, you know, 100 or 500. Then they jumped up to 5,000. Then today's default as of 2022 is actually 100,000. So um, if you have a, um, if you've joined LastPass in the last couple of years and you have a relatively strong password, which again, how do you mention relatively? Well, if it's not something easy to guess and it's got, you know, upper lowercase numbers of symbols, you don't have a lot to worry about. Um, that's sort sorry, of the and just crux on of it. That, Gord, sorry, just on that. We'll link in here a website that you can go to where you can put in a password and it tells you how strong it is. I think that that's worthwhile for people to do. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, again, the the issue is, and, and, and I hesitate to say that you're probably okay, is because number one, I don't know what your password is and, and number and, and how strong it is. Humans are really bad at judging how strong a password or how weak a password is. Um, uh, an analogy uh, Steve gave on the podcast was that, for example, uh, uh, an attacker password cracking tools nowadays are so good that you can run it on a normal GPU, um, a, a graphics card. And so if a hacker actually got the keys to the kingdom, I could go out and buy 200 graphics cards. You know, they're not, they're not that expensive, maybe a hundred dollars each sort of thing. And, you know, that could be running, you know, 200 or even 500 of these things. And so number one, if you had a strong password, that's good. So something more than say 12 characters of truly random stuff. But number two, this setting, and this is why a lot of people are upset with LastPass, this setting, this iteration count, which you find in your account settings, LastPass never retroactively changed. So, for example, if people joined up in LastPass in 2008, in 2022, 2023 now, 
that was still set to one. So even though LastPass recommends a setting of a hundred thousand, and actually uh, an alternative that I'm going to share later actually recommends one million, LastPass left it at one. So there are users out there that their password, even if it was a fairly strong master password, because they had a setting of one, it's going to be cracked instantly. Even people who came later with a setting of 500, and I dare say some passwords that are even 5,000, they're they're probably in trouble as well. It's just a matter of time. All right. So let's break this down to two. If you are with LastPass and you want to stay with LastPass, what should you do? If if you are with LastPass and you want to stay with LastPass, that's up to you. Um, you can obviously change your password and set that iteration count to a million, and and um, that's up to you. The thing is, it's retroactively, so it doesn't really matter what you do now. You can stay with LastPass. You can go to another password manager. That vault is already out there. So by changing so your is there- password now doesn't really affect it. Is there anything you can do if your vault is out there? There's nothing you can do to vaults out there, but should you be changing your master password or anything like that? Changing the email address, the password of your email address associated with LastPass. Is there anything that people can do now who have been affected by LastPass? No, no. So it doesn't really matter what you do now. You can change your email address. You can change your password. You can do whatever you want. The information's out there. Okay. So, all right, so how, so worst case scenario, let's say you have your bank. Should you change passwords with your bank or anything like that? What, what, what should people do to respond to this breach? So good security practice. You know, you can change passwords. You can even change your master password or last pass that will in the future protect you against future hacks, but it really doesn't really matter because the information's out there. Um, I would be saying to myself, if you're a LastPass user, which which I was, I actually moved away from LastPass a couple of years ago. Um, and I and I sort of feel a little bit guilty, Faris. Um, I, you know, I recommended to family and friends, I recommended on the podcast and whatnot two three years ago, but things move so quickly, and and LastPass get bought out, and the same sort of um, high standards obviously weren't being uh, used, and. I can't remember which straw broke the camel's back, but there was a data leak about data leak about two, three years ago. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Um, uh, it seems like the new company sort of took things in different directions. Last month on the blog said that they're transparent. We've always shared information along the way and all this. That's absolute nonsense. So at the very least, last pass are lying. They're extremely negligent. And that's why they're um, suffering a lot of class action lawsuits in the moment. All right. So for people wanting to, leave LastPass. Are you comfortable making your recommendations at this stage or are we going to have the same problem because LastPass is a third-party provider? Are you going to have the same issue just going to someone else? And I see with your point is an important one I want to make. What Goran said, we recommended a few years ago and you know things move quickly. Yeah, Digital security is a cat and mouse game. Um, it's like Tom and Jerry. You're always going to be Jerry and there's always going to be a Tom. It's not one episode and you're done. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't say I feel guilty, but things just do move so fast in tech. So something you recommend today, you know, might not be um, might not be recommended tomorrow, and that's why we have to keep ahead of this stuff. We have to, um, especially with the fast paced social media. So uh, keep up to date. 
Um, that's why for us, for example, we like monthly newsletters. Uh, we don't want to send you spam. We want to give you important information, um, stuff like this. So um, if you are with LastPass, that's up to you. You can stay with them. Um, the fact that a company has lied and withheld information um, and even to this day hasn't been transparent, they won't even tell you, you know, when when were the backups? Like, are we talking the backups just within the last six months? Or do people who signed up at LastPass in 2012, do they have to worry? Like, there's no information whatsoever being released by LastPass. Um, and I know it's now a legal thing, and maybe their lawyers are sort of telling them not to release that information. But at the very least, LastPass have lied and been negligent at the very least. So do you really want to stick with a password manager that, has been that probably not right so what's the alternative um there are there are some other good password managers out there for example one pass and uh dashlane um they have not been bought out by sorry say but... it a bit you're a bit quick then say repeat those two uh again everything will be in the links of the show notes but the the other two sort of major ones out there are dashlane and one password they are both popular password managers. They have not been bought out by anyone yet. Are you going to have the same problems? Well, the issue again is that they might be good now, but not in the future. And they are also um, cloud-based as well. So you are effectively trusting, like we did last pass, that they are doing the right thing. They are saying, well, we use blah, blah, blah encryption or we do security best practices, but you don't know. So I think you know where I'm heading here. The only real solution is an open source solution. And why that is, is because people can audit the code. The code is publicly available. Does that make it a silver bullet? Does that make it magically 100% secure? No. But what it does is means there's more eyeballs looking at the code. And so, for example, LastPass may have 10 employees looking at LastPass's code. So they are trying to fix bugs. You know, they're, they're doing it as a day job, Monday to Friday, nine to five. And there's 10 people doing it. They're stressed, they're overworked, blah, blah. Maybe there's 20 people. I don't know. But there's only 20, only 20 people can do so much. And it's a matter of time before someone, you know, does something nefarious. So open source means that there are not 20 people. There are thousands and, and, and popular open source projects. There are hundreds and thousands of people looking at the code. It's transparent. Third-party people can audit it. If a project is a big project, what they do is actually crowdfund um, an audit. So they'll actually um, get donations from people who use it, and then they'll pay a third-party auditor to come in and look at the code and you know give it give it an audit. So everything is transparent. You don't have to say, "Well, I think they're doing the right thing, but I don't really know." There are hundreds and thousands of people looking at it, saying, "Yep." Um, it might not be bug free, but at least they're doing what they say they're doing and they're implementing, most importantly, best security practices. Is there a way that you can do this on your own, create your own password manager? And for someone who's not as tech savvy as you, is there a simple way that someone can do this? You just create your own password manager at your home is, or is that going to create more problems than it solves? So you're not relying on a third party. Uh, you you can go down to your local stationery store, buy a notepad, and uh, start writing in your passwords. Okay. 
No, I'm serious about that. And and a lot of yeah. security people actually do that. They actually write their passwords down in a notepad and they keep it at home. Of course, that's great. No one from online can get your passwords. But if someone physically gets access to the book or your house burns down or you lose that book, you're in trouble. So there are also there are ways to, you know, you, you write your passwords down in a notebook, but you add a couple of characters to it or you have sort of a secret password that you add on the into it or some of that. Um, I'm being 100% serious. That is actually a solution. And I'm not saying whether that's a good solution because there are physical risks to that. Mm. It's not a very practical solution because every time you want to go to a site, you have to, you know, look over your notebook and type in some random characters. But a lot of people do that. That's one solution. I probably wouldn't recommend it. There are two open source solutions, and I'll go through them very briefly, Faris. One is called KeePass. KeePass is an offline password manager. So you use it on your computer. Uh, it, 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 you know, the same thing. You have a master password that opens the vault. But because it's on your computer, because it's offline, it's not cloud-based, then in theory, no one can get access to it. I probably wouldn't recommend using that on Windows 10, uh, riddled with viruses and whatnot. So, um, and also how do you synchronize that? Like you want to use a password on your mobile phone. So there are ways to synchronize your password vault from your desktop to your mobile phone. But then how do you do that? You, do you go through Dropbox or do you go through a third party service? So that is a probably a good solution for tech savvy people. Um, and it's KeePass is available on Windows, Mac, Linux, most platforms, but you have to be responsible for it. You have to back it up. You have to synchronize it. You have to be a little bit tech savvy and knowing what you're doing. I've used it in the past. It's actually quite good, but I, I just got a little bit too annoyed at, um, having to, you know, synchronize and, and do stuff all the time. So, um, that kind of didn't work for me, but if you're tech savvy, that's one choice. The other choice that I would, I wouldn't hesitate in recommending is Bitwarden and Bitwarden is open source. It's a hundred percent open source. So you can go along today and download the source code. You know, you download this file, you can open it in notepad or wordpad or whatever you've got, and you can actually look at the code and you can see is Bitwarden stealing my email addresses? Are they doing some sort of dodgy stuff? If you're a security researcher, you can look at the piece of code that implements the security, the encryption feature and say, yeah, that's actually the right way to do it. So you've got hundreds of thousands of people looking at it, independent researchers, companies. So I wouldn't hesitate in recommending them. I'm not saying that Bitwarden is 100% bug-free or 100% secure. It's not. No password manager is. But if there's any password manager that has the chance of being the most secure because people looking at it, then it's definitely Bitwarden. And Bitwarden is open source and you can do two things. You can use it like LastPass. So Bitwarden offers their own, um, a free plan. You can just go to Bitwarden and um, sign up for a free plan, um, just like LastPass. And uh, a, a, another question is, well, won't, won't the same thing happen to Bitwarden that happened to LastPass? Well, no, because the Bitwarden code is transparent and People are auditing it. Last but not least, Ferris. So I've mentioned Bitwarden. You can just go to the site and sign up for an account. It's free. Um, I do the paid one. It's like 10 bucks a month or whatever. And uh, that just sort of helps them out. There's a few other features, but you don't really need them. So you can go there for free and use it. But there's one last alternative, and that's to use Bitwarden in a self-hosted environment. 
So because Bitwarden is open source, and unlike LastPass or 1Password or Dashlane, you can actually install it on your own server. And that's where you stop me and say, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I know what you're talking about, um, but for people who have not heard of what is your own server, um, so first of all, people will be thinking, do I have to buy a big box that goes in my garage? Is that what you're talking about? A tower of hardware. A tower of power. You can... Uh, uh, we, we've talked about this many times. What What is self-hosting? And have a look at the episodes that we've done about self-hosting. What is it? But essentially, it is taking well, sorry. something. Even if you don't, if you don't do that, just go to our website, myprivacy.help. Okay. And so you can take something like Bitwarden, which is free and open source, and install it on your own server. Your own server doesn't have to be a hundred thousand dollar machine. It can be a ten year old desktop that's sitting in your garage, and use that. Uh, install it there. And and the beauty of that is that. The outside world can't actually access your Bitwarden server. You know, you just use it locally via your Wi-Fi, via your um, your LAN, sorry, your, your local network at your house. Um, that's one way to do it. Now, that does require a bit of tech savviness, and and um, if 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 you've got the technical ability to do that, but that's one option. And again, that's why I like Bitwarden because everything is transparent. It is um, open source, and everyone knows what's going on, how the code's implemented, and that looking that those hundred thousand eyeballs again doesn't mean it's perfect, but it does mean it has the best chance of being the most secure. All right. Um I don't have any questions, Gordon. You've done very well with those. Um, yeah, and for those of you listening, please go to myprivacy.help. Um, there are links to other podcasts where we talk about self-hosting, and also we have options where it is actually simple for you to self-host and it's secure for you to do so. Uh, well, that's it for me, Gordon, but is there anything else you want to add about this? Oh, just on that point, actually, I did have one question. Didn't LostPoss start out as open source, or am I misremembering? No, I don't think so. They didn't? Okay. No, and, and the obvious question is, isn't the same thing going to happen with Bitwarden? Well, I've just answered that. It's open source. And you could move to another password manager, but if it's not open source, you don't know what you're doing. So you don't know what they're doing. So at the end of the day, you're trusting their good word. And LastPass probably was. You know, at the beginning, they had some really bright people working on it, and it was independently audited. But things change over time. Companies get bought out. Employees change. And so if code is not transparent, if it's not open source, you're trusting that individuals in the company or the company in general are doing the right thing. Even if they are doing the right thing, you've only got 10 or 20 people working on it. And so they're going to, there's going to be bugs. There's going to be mistakes. So would you rather 20 people looking at code or would you rather thousands of people looking at code? So at the end of the day, for me, it's a no brainer. Um, if you need help setting up a last, a last past, if you need help setting up a Bitwarden self-hosted server, um, contact us, um, myprivacy.help. We also offer some services to keep you private and get away from big tech as well there. So everything's on the site. Um, and last but not least, Ferris, this is a new podcast. We'd appreciate you sharing, liking, and uh, spreading this to all your friends. Um, share this with someone you know who has LastPass. Uh, we would appreciate it if you like and follow and 
um yeah on your whatever you're listening to this to on your podcast app um please subscribe so thanks Ferris. i think we've gone on long enough and again everything will be in the show notes if you are a last mask customer and want to delve into the technicals i'll link the two episodes of security now and there cool thank you gordon thanks for listening everyone thanks for watching or listening If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit myprivacy.help.